turn it off. Let's try this again. Morning. All right. If it, whatever it is, it is. Okay. Thanks for being here this morning. I don't know what happened to spring. It, it was just like last week, right? And it's going to be 70 today, 73, 74 tomorrow, 75 on Tuesday. And then for the next six days after that, the average temperature is going to be 87 degrees. I don't do 87 degrees very, very well. I can tell you that. But we'll muddle through it. We always do with our complaints and, and everything. I want to I thank the Dexters this morning for putting up the signs that they put up on the, our board uh, the last couple of weeks. It must be your all's turn this month. And uh, they're doing a wonderful job of it. Two weeks ago, we talked about, uh, in the conclusion, can I help you? And that, that little phrase really, really works. I can tell you from a personal experience, it really works. It was on the marquee all the past week. And I saw it every day that I came to work and every day that I passed the church. And it, it, it caused me to change my, my attitude. Now, I, I need it to stick, okay? So I need to continue to try to evaluate it every, every day by myself. Taking the attitude, can I help you? It, it changes a lot of things about the way you focus and, and look at things. We're studying... For the last six or seven, eight weeks or so, and we got uh, four more weeks before the Newtons get here, so we just got to tread water now for four more weeks. We're almost to the end of our journey, and it, it will quickly be behind us. We're talking about developing a closer, more personal relationship with God, and we've explored this from several different angles. Today, you'll see on the screen is the title of our lesson, As You Wish. Harry was a construction worker. I worked construction my, my uh, summer between my junior and senior year of college, and I have an appreciation for people who build things and work with their hands and, and, are, and are good at it. Uh, I'm not good at it. I can help somebody else, but... I, I'm, I'm envious of those people that can, can take a plan and can, can look and, and, and take wood and make a structure and, and build it and make it square, number one, okay? Make it not lean, number two, and then you can, you know, you can count on it to be there. Harry was a construction worker, and, and one day he was digging around in something that he was supposed to be digging into, and he found this bottle, a bottle that he had never seen before. He laid it aside, but then after a while, he, he cleaned it up and he set it close to where he was working and he was constantly paying attention to it. And he, he began to imagine all sorts of things about this specialized bottle. And finally, during his lunch break, he, uh, he begins to take a look at it and he takes the top off of it. And you know what happens? Out comes the genie. And the genie... You know, that's the genie's favorite word, as you wish, right? He says, oh my goodness, what, what luck I've got. I, I am so blessed, he said. I'm a struggling, starving construction worker, and 
I, I'm trying to start my own business. And he said, what better thing that could come along than a genie to grant me my, my three wishes? And she said, Harry, maybe your luck's not so good. Because I'm a very limited power genie. And the best that I can do for you is to give you just a little luck for a short period of time. He says, well, I'm going to my banker tonight trying to secure a loan. He's turned me down three or four times already. So I'm hoping that during that period of time when I explain to him my business plan, that he will look on me favorably and then I'll get the loan I'm looking for. That, that's really all I need. So she says, yeah, I think I can do that. She says, now remember, this luck only lasts for a short period of time. So you've got to time it absolutely perfect. She says, so, so when you want the luck to start, you say very softly, one, two, three. And your luck will start. So now when you're done, when you have the thing it is that you want, you have to stop the power to ensure the luck. You have to say, one, two, three, four. He says, I got it, I got it. So he goes into his banker's office, he sits down, he shakes the banker's hand, they're exchanging pleasantries, and finally Harry thinks it's just about the time when he needs his luck, and he says to himself very softly under his breath, one, two, three. The banker looks at him startled, and he says, Harry, what did you say one, two, three, four? Oh, you got it. <laughs> you got it. I read that joke from Joke of the Day this past week, and it took me forever to get that joke. I'm thinking. <laughs> but I'm reading it, okay? It says one, two, three, F-O-R. And I, all of a sudden it dawned on me, ah, oh, it's a great joke. You remember I Dream a Genie? If you're old enough to remember the, the, the television program I Dream of Genie, you remember the concept. And you got to be, I guess, plus four. 50 to admit that you've seen Genie. You saw it in, in reruns though, right? You didn't see it when it was live because you weren't even born then, girl. It was on TV 65 to 70. You remember the concept that the, the astronaut, uh, his, his capsule comes back on a desert island and he, he's got to be rescued and he finds a bottle and he brings it home with him and then all the antics for the next five years that, that genie got into. There are thousands of jokes out there relative to genie in a bottle. Uh, a guy finds one and he says, oh, genie, give me, give me my wish. Okay, as you wish. He said, I would like all women to love me. Genie says, you're a chocolate bar. <laughs> the man and a the woman, they're walking on the beach together, holding hands, and they run upon a, a bottle, washing up on the... Why is it always on a beach? I don't know. But They pick up the bottle. They really, out comes the genie. The genie says, I'll give you two wishes, one to each. The lady says, oh, I would love to travel the world with my husband. As you wish. She turns to the man and he says, I would love to travel the world with somebody much younger and she goes, okay, poof, you're 90 years old. 
<laughs> As you wish. To develop a personal relationship, God, we t- need to take the attitude of the Apostle Paul that he took that was just read for us by Eric on the road to Damascus. When a bright light shines upon Paul, Paul says, he was Saul, of course. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. What was his, what, what was his comment? What would you have me do? What shall I do, Lord? It's the same way of saying this. It's just saying it a different way. As you wish. That's what Paul was saying. What do you, what do you want me to do, Lord? And so Jesus told him, as you, you'll go and be told what you should do. Solomon concluded in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Let's understand this. Solomon, the man that God gave the the best wisdom of mankind ever, makes a trial of everything possible to find what was the responsibility and duty of man. He tried pleasure. He tried wisdom. He tried folly. He tried toil. And when he got to the end of everything, what did Solomon say? Vanity of all vanities. There is nothing more than to fear God and keep His commandments. Thank you, Willie. That's the whole duty of man. You want to get a closer relationship and a personal relationship with God, here's some words that you can say, as you wish. As you wish. There are moments when, see I'm behind in my scriptures. There's Acts, there's Ecclesiastes. There are moments, there are times that it it is easy for me to say, as you wish. There's no doubt about it. God tells us to be generous, to give. You know, and when I reach in my pocket and I find lots of change and lots of bills and so forth and so on, you know, it's easy to be generous then. I got a lot in there. It's okay to give a little bit of it. It doesn't bother me. What happens when I start to dig down in there and I don't have much and I start to hit the bottom? God didn't say give out of your abundance. He said give. Right? It's easy to give when when you've got a lot of money. It's more difficult when you don't. So there are times that I can say and will say, As you wish. There are times that I decide to listen to others and encourage others rather than voice my own opinion or my own ideas. Everybody's, I don't know, if if you work for a company that had staff meetings, 
you know what a what a staff meeting is. You bring everybody together and, and you, you talk about things. You ever have a staff meeting with your nurses, Doc? You know, and there's always the things that are going on. There's the office politics. There's all the other factions of the workplace. This one doesn't like that one. This one's always the, the guy that's doing this or that, or she's doing this or that, all that kind of stuff. And when you get all these people together, you got dynamic personalities and people. And there are people sometimes that can take over a staff meeting. That's not the boss. There were times that I did that. GE. I wanted to voice my opinion. I wanted to stay in my face. You know, it's hard to keep your mouth shut and to sit there and listen to somebody else go on and on and on about something. It's hard to praise them for their idea when it's, when it's not yours. How about choosing to be last when you have a right and a, you deserve to be first? How about voluntarily giving up your spot to help somebody else? To do something as you wish, as God wishes us. Giving up on the advantage that I've earned or reserved. There are just many times that I don't say to God, for God, with God, as you wish. Sometimes I just, I don't want to say that. I may not do it overtly. I may not do it on purpose. I may not do it with malice or contempt in my heart. But I still, I don't say, as you wish. I just, I don't even think about it. I go ahead and do what it is I want to do. There are some times, though, that I am definitely saying, as I wish, not as you wish. I find myself, I'm making up my own mind, doing what it is that I want to do, regardless of what I think God has said about it. The greatest prayer that Jesus ever prayed was in Matthew 26, verse 39. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying... My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Can you not hear in Jesus' words here, I do not want to go to the cross? My Father, can you not figure out another way? You're all-knowing, you're all-wise, you've got all-benevolence. Can you not figure out a way for your one and only Son not to have to go to the cross and suffer this anguish and pain? One, when I don't deserve it, I have done nothing that deserves this punishment from humankind. And so he prays fervently. He's praying this, I'd like it to be another way. If you give me my choice, 
let's figure out, let's figure out another way. But then he says something that's great for all of us to completely know and understand. He said, as you wish. Not my will. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. John 4, verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. As you wish. Jesus says. Now, a good example of this principle is the field of electricity. And I'm the last person to be up here describing electricity or telling you how it works or, uh, well, basically just telling you anything about electricity. Okay. But there's two terms I want to I discuss. One is the idea of Conductors, and the other is the idea of resistance. Now, conductors, what do you think of when you think of conductors? And I'm not talking about the guy who has the baton and does this kind of thing, okay? When you think of the idea of conducting an electricity, you're thinking about something that will allow the electricity to flow across it easily. There are many, many metals that will conduct electricity and conduct electricity very, very easily. Those of you who've had the unfortunate experience of having to have a computer repaired or a phone repaired or taking one apart or anything along that line, you'll find these little circuit boards and you'll find all of these wired circuits there, and you'll see all of these little spots of silver solder. You'll see hundreds of them. Silver is the best conductor of electricity. But silver costs $2.35 a pound. Copper wire costs $2. What did I say? $2.35. Silver costs $235 a pound. Copper costs $2.75 a pound. Therefore, when you hardwire something like a house, you're going to use, Don's pulled enough of it, he knows what it's all about. You're going to pull copper insulated wire and it's going to connect to all of your outlets. And so when you want some electricity, you go and you take your plug and you plug in and electricity and the lights come on and your music comes on and so forth and so on. Now, I'm sure that there are other things that scientists have made that are beyond my comprehension that will conduct electricity, that will solve some of our, our worldly problems, and that are nice conductors of electricity and man-made materials that are not, but, but they're there for a reason or a purpose or whatever. Okay? So that's conduct, and you want good conduction in electricity. Now you get to the idea of resistance. There are resistors put into things that are electronic or into the circuits or somewhere along the line, and they do what their name describes. 
they resist the flow of electricity. They either keep it to the level that it's supposed to be, or they keep it from going wherever it's supposed to be. But the, the name describes what it's supposed to do. Conductors are supposed to allow it to go freely to where it's supposed to go. Resistors are supposed to not allow it to go freely. So while we need both of these things, they are polar opposites. In our description, conductors would say what? As you wish. Go where you want. Go easily. Resistors would say what? No, 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 no. Don't go. Don't do. Not as you wish. Now, God has used pairs of resistors and conductors in all sorts of experiences in the Bible. He put Pharaoh and Moses together, the children of Israel. Pharaoh was a what? Conductor or resistor? Resistor. He didn't want to let the people of Israel go. Every time God did something through Moses, his conductor, Pharaoh said, uh -uh, not going to do it. Not going to let the people go. How about King Saul and future King David? They were polar opposites. Saul was the first king of Israel, head and shoulders above men of stature, couldn't do the will of God. God told him to do certain things. He said, not as you wish. David, though he were a failed man, a, a very fallible man, a very easel, easily tripped up man, was a conductor of God rather than a resistor of God. Think of the lyrics of the songs that David wrote in the book of Psalms and listen to their heart and their impassioned plea. David was such a conductor. The Bible even describes him as a man after God's own heart. Esther was a conductor. Haman was a resistor. So we, find, we constantly see these situations where people are being paired together that are resistors and conductors. Jesus said, I was sent here to do the will of God, and he did it. You want to feel the presence of God? Align yourself with God. Say, as you wish. And do his will. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 25. No, verse 21. Oh. Matthew eleven twenty-seven. I'll get it right in a minute. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him... Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke 
upon you and learn of me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 7 verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Jesus simply says, if you want to feel my presence, if you want to be with me, align your will with my will. Say as you wish. Be a conductor of the will of God and not a resistor. Not all who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. As you wish is a surrender of obedience. It can be described in other ways. When I was a kid, as you wish was the game mercy. You've never played the game Mercy. It's a wrestling match. And you keep wrestling until what? One of you yells, Mercy! That means you have me in such a hold. You have me in so much pain. You have me in so much anguish that the only way that I can get out of my pain and anguish is to yell to you, Mercy! And hopefully you'll let me up. My big brother, who's seven years older than I, he loved to play that game. I was a half pint, and he was twice my size at seven years of difference. And I could aggravate the snot out of him, and finally it would get to the point to where he would hog tie me, give me the Indian rub, or decide to play the game mercy. You know? And really all he had to do was just get on top of me you know, at, at my 75 or 80 pounds and his 150 pounds, there's no way I can, can go toe-to-toe with him. But sometimes my stubborn will would just not let me yell mercy. It would hurt. It would be, I'd probably almost be in tears, but I wouldn't. I was too stubborn. I wasn't going to be allowed to get, I wasn't going to allow him to win over me. Saying as you wish to God, your will, not my will, trying to get your will aligned, your activities and your attitude and your spirit aligned with God, puts you in the presence of God, in an association with God. And so we have to surrender. We have to give in. We have to say to God, can I help you? Can I do your will? What is it? 
that you want me to do. So be a conductor, no longer a resistor. As you wish is the surrender of obedience. As you wish is the surrender of servanthood. Can I help you? As you wish is the surrender of paying attention. We see God in the Bible. We see God in nature. We see God in the church. All we have to do is just walk around and look. Everything around us. In everything, if we'll just quit sleepwalking through life and open our eyes, we don't have to hunt for God. He's right there. All you have to do is say, as you wish. Let me get my will in line with yours. Let me get my spirit in line with yours. The last surrender is the surrender of our failures. Sometimes we forget when we fail that we also have to remember to surrender as you wish. Sometimes we refuse to surrender, just like I did in mercy. We fail and our, and our guilt and our weaknesses, they separate us. They cut us off from the presence of God. And though we failed, we don't think that we can get back to God and get in a good, right relationship with God. The Bible has some words for it. It's called repentance and grace. You want to find out if you're a conductor or a resistor? I'll give you a little challenge. You spend some time doing this and you'll find out whether you are a conductor or a resistor. Let's get behind the wheel of an automobile and just drive your city streets. And look at the interaction of people in their cars and, and, and driving. Okay. Nowhere is it, is it more noticeable than people on the streets with all, of the, with all of their cars and all the things that they do. And sometimes we're the, we're the one that's doing them. This past week, just as an example, I was already looking at this example, but since it was on my mind, I'm on Hurstburn Road, I'm getting ready to turn to go toward Baptist East, there back through the, the, the backward way there by McDonald's and AutoZone to come out on Taylorsville Road to go visit with Miss Ruth. A guy decides that he's going to, he needs to make a U-turn. I can't tell you how that ended up, you know. He made his U-turn. How do you react to those kind of things? I'm going up another street, and there's a turning lane, and there's a straight-through lane. Our light's green. Okay, so the, the traffic is moving, and, and there's more in the turning lane to turn left than there is in the, in the right-hand lane. So car comes zooming up, takes advantage of 
the slow reaction to the drivers in the left-hand lane and cuts over into the left-hand turning lane, causing everybody to have to put on their brakes, so forth and so on. And he gets through the light, and those of us that are behind him don't. What's your reaction? It's... It's time and time again, you'll see, everybody puts their, their attitude on display when we get out on the, the roads and we drive vehicles and we drive cars. Just listen to the horns. Look at the gestures of people waving to each other. Saying hello to each other. And you'll find out whether or not you are a resistor are a conduit to the will of God. Okay? So it's, it's, you know, it's not difficult to feel the presence of God. All you got to do is align your will with His. What does God want you to do? Well, you can find it in the, in the book. You can see it in people's lives. So this morning, are you willing to say, as you wish, are you a conductor to the will of God? Are you a resistor? If you have a need, a desire, or a want to respond to the invitation of our Lord, won't you come now as we sing this song together?